The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Where to start with all of this Ryan Tobody stuff? We'll have Brian Stanley, the chair of the Public Accounts Committee, with us in just a moment. But I do want to start with Ian Guider, who, of course, from the Business Post, does the business news for us every day and has been on top of the whole RT debacle since it started for us. And I suppose we should start... Ben made reference to the seven untruths, as Ryan Tubbody called them, maybe the seven deadly sins. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what happened even before Ryan Tubbody and Noel Kelly made their opening statements, the releases of the printed form and the response to that from RTE. Yeah, good afternoon, Matt. Normally witnesses to any Oireachtas committee given their opening statements the day before so that members can go through them. They had been told in the Public Accounts Committee they would get them by half eight this morning. That deadline slipped and people were worried that they wouldn't get them in time for that 11 o'clock start. Well, when those two statements from Ryan Kelly, from Ryan Tubbley and his agent, Noel Kelly, came in today, they were quite the bombshells. Ryan Tuberty's statement, quite emotional, going through those seven untruths, as he said, in those statements and laying the blame for this squarely at the door of RTE. And sorry, if I can just say, and we'll hear a little bit of it in a moment, that when we heard him deliver it, it had possibly a lot more impact than it actually had in print. Not that that stopped RTE from immediately responding to it. That's true. And I think the real bombshell came in Noel Kelly's statement because he was addressing this claim that RTE had provided a guarantee that for these payments of €75,000 over a period of three years that who sought it RTE had said it had strongly pushed back against this demand last week. Brida O'Keefe, the former Chief Financial Officer of RTE had said look we pushed back against offering this guarantee to Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty well Noel Kelly produced an email in his opening statement coming from Brida O'Keefe in which he said and he said look have a look at this email she underlines it in red in this email in which RTE can provide you with a side letter to underwrite these fees for the duration of the contract. So firmly putting that ball back in RTE's court, saying that this guarantee that if Renault weren't able to do these personal appearances, that Ryan Tuberty wasn't able to do it at Renault, RTE would fall back and pay this money, kicking it back to RTE. We then had a statement from RTE within minutes of this coming in, and it is important to put in the context of this. They say RTE does not accept the characterization of this email. RTE's position is that the email of February 20, 2020 formed part of the discussions and engagement between it and Noel Kelly management in relation to the proposed new TV and radio contract with Mr. Tuberty and added that it did not comprise a binding or contractual commitment on its part. RTE's position is that as per its previous statements, that until the verbal commitment given by the former Director General during a call on the 7th of May, it had not agreed to underwrite these €75,000 payments per year of the contract. So RTE sticking to that position that the only person who agreed to this was D Forbes, the former Director General. Let me bring in Brian Stanley, the Chair of the Public Accounts Committee on that, because uh, that document, when it dropped to you, RTE has been supplying documents to you as well. Had it given you that what seems to be very important email? Oh, absolutely, uh, uh, Matt. Uh, of course, I mean, the uh, uh, the, the letter, the, the email from Reid O'Keefe uh, clearly, clearly uh, undermines what's being set out by RT up to now. But had they actually supplied that with you rather than you getting it for the first time today from Noel Kelly? 
that's the first time I saw it. So, Arce, he hadn't given it to you, which you would have thought was a material document. And even if it did not, and this is a subject of maybe some legal dispute, constitute a binding contractual arrangement, would it not have applied to you that the more people than just D. Forbes in RT were aware of this particular side deal and its underwriting? Well, I've been saying this right for the past fortnight. I mean, the idea of uh, D. Forbes being behind our desk somewhere at the top of RTE and all of this happening without the knowledge of any of anyone else that she was moving all the she had all the moving parts under her control in her office. It wasn't was never credible. Uh, and I've always questioned that right throughout the past two and a half weeks. Now we know now we know that uh, that, that letter that letter from Brito O'Keefe completely undermines that case. Okay, and then, did you get enough time this morning after the arrival of these documents to go through them? Because you did get effectively a dossier from Noel Kelly to consider before you heard them read their opening statements. No, not at all, Matt. And uh, I raised that with both Mr. Kelly and Mr. Shubberty before the meeting started. Or at the very, very start of the meeting before I brought them in, uh, that the fact that we didn't have them, I think that that uh, normally you expect these documents today beforehand. We were promised them uh, yesterday morning. And I think that, you know, given the importance of them uh, and given the fact that people needed time to uh, to examine those documents, including copies of invoices, etc., uh, we, we did need more time than that. And if you just think about the practicalities of this that arrived just going on half eight, this morning and a lot of members were in transit maybe stuck in traffic at that time or they were, they were maybe travelling from one place to another or maybe just engaged in some other business that they didn't actually have time a lot of members had 15-20 minutes to look through those uh, look through those documents and that's not acceptable OK um, but even allowing for that how useful have these documents been to help hopefully filling out the picture? I think they're useful uh, I think they're useful and certainly it it uh, you know, while it puts RTE in not a good light, it didn't put the agent in a good light either in terms of the copies of receipts, etc., uh, the discrepancies in them and other questions that have arisen around them. Let's hear a little bit of Ryan Tuberty's opening statement. But I was fully paid in accordance with my contract, which my agent, agent negotiated openly and honestly and in good faith. There are no overpayments. Now, there are RTEs under declarations which we challenged them on back in 2020. And there are indeed RTEs over declarations, of which they actually paid me in 2020 and 2021. This has caused justifiable anger among my colleagues. I understand that. And we're going to deal with all of that in the next few hours, and indeed the next six hours or more. We'll stay for as long as it takes. The upshot of RTEs in accurate declarations is an impression that I've been less than honest. This is not the case. Ian Guider, does Ryan Tuberty have grounds to actually feel he has been let down by RTE? I think in this case there's an awful lot of questions left to be answered by RTE because what he is referring to is these payments between 2017, 2018 and 2019 totaling €120,000 which Ryan Tuberty said in his evidence today that this was a bonus or an exit payment, whatever you want to call it I was entitled to over the end of my contract for putting myself available for extra work from RTE. As I didn't do this extra work, I didn't claim it yet RTE last Last week, somehow seemed to suggest that it was accrued in their account 
accounts. But Ryan Tubley saying, well, I didn't get this money. It's sitting in RTE. It is the subject of this second Grant Thornton review, which is ongoing and will take another couple of weeks to conclude. But I think we now need to hear from RTE. Well, Ryan Tubley saying he didn't get this money. So where is it sitting? How is it accounted for in RTE? Okay, do you understand what's going on here, Brian Stanley? Because we saw these figures of additional payments above what have been published of €345,000. Is that an accurate number? Yes, um, in the sense that we haven't got to the bottom of uh, of those extra payments between that uh, 2017 and 2019 over those three years. Um, there were uh, his earnings were under declared by 56,250 in 2020, uh, and if you go back, if you go back over that period. Um, if you go back over the previous three years, you can see that under declaration in terms of the 120,000 spread over, spread back over those three years, 2017, 2018 and 2019. And the question is, is that Torbridge says he didn't get it. RT has it allowed it to accrue on the accounts. That's what their books show. Uh, what happened? Where is it? Why is it still there? Uh, you know, so there are the questions. The Grant Thornton report uh, or the Grant Thornton investigation, more accurately, will hopefully uncover some of that because there's obviously documents there that I think that we haven't seen yet uh, in terms of examining that area around that uh, around that earlier three-year period. But what it, I think what it comes down to, though, Matt, is that it comes down to this attempt to somehow, you know, magically reduce someone's uh, income on paper. Uh, under-declare it, but at the same time pay them the same amount. And if you look at the, you know, everything over the last three years, that's the kernel of it. And people get themselves tied up in all sorts of knots. Once you start producing figures that are not credible in accountancy, once you start taking diversionary routes to make payments, once you start having invoices that lack credibility, that are for one thing but are actually for another. I mean, invoices, for God's sake, that were supposed to be for consultancy provided by Noel, Noel Kelly, which, of course, they weren't. That's not what they were about. Um, and that's, then you find yourself walking into these type of situations where you have a mess uh, and you have consequential messes because of that. It leaves a number, it leaves issues all over the place. And that's what's happened here. And, you know, the principal actors now totally disagree on who is to blame. Everybody's to blame, you know, if we're to believe it, nobody's to blame. But in actual fact, you can see where it's heading. I think that... Where is it heading, do you think? Well, RTE, I said to RTE the first day of the room, it was at the Public Accounts Committee, that the answer, the answer that they gave us, uh, that were given us regarding that uh, no one knew except the Forbes was just absolutely lacked credibility from day one. And, you know, it's totally... And Dee Forbes, of course, wasn't going to be there to account for herself and you know whether she will be there or not in the future I don't know we'd love to hear from her and hope we can hear from her sometime in the near future but I think where I think where it's leading to is is that you know that the some of the resignations um, and some of the stepping aside that has happened at the top of RT you can see why that was so necessary in the past few days uh, are there more to are there more to go I don't know um, don't be surprised if there is uh, but I think that in relation to, I think, I think in relation as well that in relation to RT dealing with agents, I mean, some of the answers we got today just aren't credible either. You know that uh, Noel Kelly is just following instructions from RT. Um, 
you know, that came up time and time again there at today's meeting, that he went along with this consultancy thing, that he went along with a number of other things because RTE uh, uh, instructed him to do it and to pay money into this company because RTE told him. I mean, anybody running a business, pride and service, would, would say, you know, why are we changing to do it this way now? Uh, what's the problem with the way we were doing it? Why aren't we making payments directly? And why are we, why are we uh, you know, uh, paying money into an account belonging to an English company for services that don't, that never existed? I okay. mean, of course you'd ask those questions. Brian Stanley of Sinn Féin, Chairman of the Public Accounts Committee, thank you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-